Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that consists of two young to middle-aged men sat in a sewing room with a few <laughs> beers, talking Bengals football whilst receiving numerous complaints about the volume of swearing involved. My name is Nathan Palmer, and joining me tonight is a man that people have described as a sexier version of Tyler Eifert, more eloquently spoken than Noam Chomsky, and Fanspeak's <laughs> most active user of 2018. It's Paul Herons, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I feel a bit disorientated, Nathan. I don't know what <laughs> to say. How was it? Out of it was 10. very good. Out of right. ten, yeah. For first go, it was really good. <laughs> we we decided to swap roles just to kind of spice it up a bit. <laughs> a bit of role play. Bit of, well, I wouldn't go quite that far. Bloody hell! That's your idea, role play. Um, anyway, yes. Welcome to Cincinnati. My name is Paul Hirons. That was Nathan Palmer. Um, we're on to episode eleven of this podcast, um, and after the last couple of weeks of, I would say, relative uh, frenzy, especially mm. when you're talking about the Bengals, um, it's pretty quiet this week. So, Nathan, what are we going to talk about? I have no. I mean, we have got a special guest, and I can tell you now, it's the Cincinnati Inquirer's Jim Ozarski. Many of you will know him from Twitter, um, Beyond the Stripes. And uh, him and Paul Daney Jr.'s excellent podcast. Um, he'll be coming out a bit later, but what are we going to talk about? I thought we might just wrap it up now, actually, because I've got to get back, actually, mate. So um, thank you for tonight, everyone. <laughs> See, I, apparently I actually... silence, I've been told, that is the worst thing on radio, and we've just committed a cardinal sin. But uh, a couple of things. Uh, we forgot to mention in all the excitement last week, mm. Kevin Huber's re-signed. How can we forget that? One of our guests from the past. Our very own. Our very, I, I'd like to call him uh, our very own, whether he likes it or knows that or not. <laughs> um, but congratulations to Kevin Huber and his family. Let's not forget that. Uh, they get to stay in Cincinnati. And again, I think it's it's a pretty uh, pretty obviously good thing for the Bengals to have done that. Absolutely. He's an above-average punter. Um, not elite, but he's certainly above average. He's a great guy, and we want him in stripes. Exactly. And um, the other thing that we... I mean, when we were talking about Perfect, and we'll probably get onto him again a little bit later because I'm intrigued to know what Jim thinks about yep. the Perfect situation. Um, I was thinking, you know, when I said last week... Um, what or I couldn't think of another player in any other sport that kind of provokes that polarizing reaction. Do you know what I mean? But I have had a think, <laughs> and I came up with Luis Suarez. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shout. I mean, he's a naughty boy, and some of the you know some of the alleged racist comments that he spouted, yeah. you know, can't be forgiven. But an amazing player. Yep. But prone to like just completely daft. Head scratching, kind yeah, of. I mean, in, he's I mean, absolutely mental, Suarez. Isn't right, he? Well, like, but what a player, though. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of, you know, he's perfect's got that duality within him. Do you know what I mean? Perfect's funny, though, because he sort of like, he really only gets up to no good on the field. Yeah. He's one of those guys like Luis Suarez, like, he goes around biting people. As you don't, perfect does get up to Perfect goes around, really. allegedly goes around people, twisting people's ankles. The, the funniest thing perfect ever did, I remember against the Packers. 
was he sort of cheap shotted one of the Packers players allegedly. straight in the ball, which allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sort of tapped them. Yeah. And they literally like you could tell, what are you doing? Pushed him and he just took a massive flop. Umpires didn't see his thing, called right. them for a flag. <laughs> I remember watching that absolutely creasing up. And then there's Maradona as well, if yeah. you want to go back a bit more. I mean, he was an amazing guy, uh, you know, arguably the best player, football player that's ever lived. But also another nutcase, really. Um, that's all you can say about him. Um, now, obviously, we just to let you know what the, the our plans are. Well, not my, mine and Nathan's plans, um, but the podcast plans um, in the coming weeks. After this uh, episode, we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks, yep. and then we're going to come back all guns blazing for the draft. Uh, well, the lead up to the draft, I guess you'd say. We've got three episodes. And I'm happy. To, I'm going to tell you who the guests are now because I think they're quite You're excited. Give it away. I am because I think you know it excites people. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have got Dave. No, wait, 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 wait. Oh, we got to do a bit of a drum roll. All right, okay, go on then. All right, we have got Dave Lapham, massive guest coming up, literally and figuratively, I would say. <laughs> um, Next, so guess. really excited, and also. It's great having Dave on in the lead up to the draft because he tends to get yeah, picks right. Yeah, yeah, Whenever yeah. anybody asks him before Absolutely. the draft who we're going to draft, he normally has the right idea. Obviously, he might have a bit of inside intel there. but So we can't wait to um, get him on the show. He's At the moment, I know this for a fact that he's down in Florida sunning his enormous frame <laughs> under the Florida sun, which uh, I hope he's having a good break. That'd be a great guest for us. Yeah, one. absolutely. And that. then the week, well, I guess on, on the Tuesday night before the draft, Friday, isn't it? Uh, no, Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday's yes, the draft. Yes, 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 on yes. the Tuesday, we will have Joe Goodbury. Uh, you know uh, Joe from Twitter, I'm sure. He's the outspoken, uh, opinionated a uh, draft guy who's just kind of got this massive following because he loves the draft so much. He's a huge Bengals fan. Um, so we've got him on in the lead up to the draft. So that's that'd be, that'd very fun, exciting. That and that's going to be a mega episode as well because Joe wants to really dig deep into the prospects. So if you're unsure of the prospects, um, unsure of who some of the players are out there, uh, unsure of who we should go for, then give those two episodes a listen. And then, of course, the final episode in our little draft trio is the live episode. Um, we have uh, a meetup. If if you didn't know already, we're going to be having a fan meetup, a Bengals UK fan meetup in Manchester on the third day of the draft, on which is Saturday the 28th of April at the Britain's Protection Pub in Manchester. We'll be, don't worry, we'll be sending out flyers and caning this as, for as, <laughs> as much as it's worth because we want as many Bengals fans, uh, Manchester, Sheffield, Newcastle, you know, even Birmingham, London, whoever can make it, it'll be a really fun night. People um, are going to start getting those uh, really annoying sponsored ads popping up on their that's Facebook. Right. <laughs> it's going to follow them around wherever they go. Um, so, yeah, Nathan and I and a couple of other guys up there are going to be recording a and well, well, we're going to be doing the podcast live and we're going to be recording and then playing it out uh, the week after. But so it's as I say, it's a bit of a quiet period. Yeah, uh, I've talked loads, so we're going to do something now because it's a bit quiet and you know it's it's the natural time of the season to take stock to see what we've got, see what we need. Yeah, the draft is coming up. There's some really great players uh, in that draft which could 
benefit the team like positively. Yeah. Um, but what have we got at the moment, Nathan? What what are we going to do now? So I've done a bit of analysis today, and I've been having a look at you know Maybe. what we've got at the moment on the team and what we've added in free agency, and um, I've gone through starting eleven either side of the ball. Yeah. And I've rate I've put in our current starters who yeah. at the moment if we we were playing tonight. That would probably be the starting eleven right. either side. Sure. And I've rated them out of ten. And we're gonna debate this, right? And we're gonna debate it. And so Paul we want we always... want to hear what you think as well. We're Absolutely. at Hooday underscore UK, uh Bengals UK on Facebook. So we're gonna go through what we've got, what we think of what we've got, and then we want to hear what you think as well. So Nathan, take it away. Right. And I just want to clarify now, because a lot of people, you know, when you rate stuff out of ten and it's all <laughs> massively weighted to the positive ends. If you yeah. say something's a six or a seven, people naturally think it's a bit shit. Yeah. When actually it six or seven's above average, it's good. Yeah. So I want to clarify the rating system. Zero would be someone like me or Paul playing in the NFL, just a complete diabolical shampoo. It's a bit harsh. A little bit harsh, but true. Yeah. One would be a, the worst possible starter in the NFL in embarrassment. Okay. Two would be a very, very poor like player that you, you know shouldn't be playing. Three would be a poor starter. Yeah. Four, a below average starter. Five, average, bang average. Bang average. Just, yep, yeah, not fine. Six above average, seven a very good starter, eight an elite starter, nine a sort of all pro level talent, and ten out of ten will be like a once in all a lifetime. Calvin Johnson, Jerry Rice, Dion Sanders, Nathan Palmer, Nathan Palmer Paul Hirons, that sort of equipment. <laughs> so that's all equipment. <laughs> You've reduced us to kind of equipment now. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to lead off. Go on, Left lead. tackle Cordy Glenn and Paul. I'm going to say my number, and then mm. I want you to give me yours. Go Cordy on. Glenn, yeah, seven point five. You can do point five. Okay, um, that's a good one, isn't it? Because I think he's a really good player, but he's untested. He's coming off an injury-ridden season, so there's an element of risk. I'll, I'll go for a seven. You're going seven. Yeah, but with he's got a bit of a ceiling. He could get up to an eight, depends on how yeah, yeah. he plays. But yeah, I'll go seven. I, th- I think it's a fair shout. Okay. Now, I don't want me to go first with my ratings all the time, so I'll give you a sort of steer. So you're going to go first on this. Clint Bowling, left guard. What are you giving Clint out of ten? Um, I, th- I find rating Clint Bowling really difficult because... Well, not that difficult, but semi-difficult because he's he's been the best player on a struggling line for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. But if you so if you compare him to Bengals players, he's like an eight, right? But if you compare him to the rest of the NFL, yep. I think he's. I think. I mean, he did. You know, he's been playing just under a pro role level. Yeah. I I'd say seven. You go seven. I think that's that's kind of. Yeah, I'd go seven. I went seven. Yeah. But I'm like leaning more towards six and a half. But okay. That sort of okay. frame. So we're both on the same page there. Yeah. Center's very difficult. We literally don't really have a center. But if we were playing tonight, I would say Trey Hopkins would probably play center. Yeah, well, you're gonna, well, you can't really grade him because he's. Well, you still got to grade him though. Yeah, okay, all right. So I've, say I've for got, argument's sake, I've Trey got, Hopkins. I've gone for a two point five. Well, I'll give him. He's a, not even a center. No, but uh, you've got to be a bit <laughs> charitable. I think uh, two point eight. You can't, can't, you can't have, you've got to be 0.5 right, or flat. You got it. All right, I'll go for 3.5. 3.5? Yeah, yeah. God, I've got you in a generous mood I tonight, am. Yeah. I'm drinking Peckham Pills. I've Ooh. just had a really fruity number. Uh, let's get on to beer. 
uh, from the Brick Brewery. It's a tamarind and lime leaf sour. Bloody, it sounds like a salad. I do. What, look at the packaging. It looks like a salad. Listeners, it's all green and yellow, minimal shapes, no words on it whatsoever. It's three and a half percent as well. That won't do much damage. Well, it slips down a tree. If you had about ten of them, you'd be in trouble. Um, Peck and pills I'm on to now. Keep it nice and London local. How about you? Well, I've actually got a real gripe tonight. Um, so I am drinking a Wimbledon Tower Pale Ale, which is pretty good. And I've got two Kona Big Waves to get through. And I'm in a bad mood. Went into MS tonight, where I usually go and get the beers for the podcast. They've got rid of Chelsea Blonde. Ain't there. <laughs> What's going on? That's your favourite. Well, no, I'm, I'm shouting out to MS here. What's going on, MS? That was unreal, that. M&S, um, for our American listeners, it's Marks and Spencer's, a very British, a mid, very middle-class British <laughs> supermarket chain. And um, I'm led to believe they listen every week. So, Nathan, <laughs> you've just had a go. What are we on to next in our player rating spectacular? There probably is one geezer that listens to this podcast that works at M&S, though. You reckon? But it might be. If well, you work we'll at M&S, Mark and you or Spencer, this podcast, do you think? Yeah, I don't know, hopefully one of them. <laughs> if you uh, work for M&S and listen to this podcast... If you know tweets, anyone who or works if you know anyone... <laughs> we're putting it out there. Nathan's very angry. I'm very annoyed. Right, moving on okay, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Right guard. So, this is even more difficult because I don't know whether you'd start Hopkins at right guard or Alex Redmond. So, Paul, you're going to go first here. What would you rate that sort of combo of Hopkins and Redmond at right guard? Who we had a centre? So we're saying Hopkins, so we'll say Redmond at right guard. See, I'd make an argument for Westerman at centre as well. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe. Yeah. Still, um, I still wouldn't change the rating, though. No, no, no. Um, let's go for Redmond. He, he showed promise. I'd give him a five. A five? Yeah. An average starter? Yeah, that's what he was in a couple of games that he played last year. Oh, he played know. He played pretty well. I'd give him a three. All right. Untested, absolutely, but, you know. Yeah. All right, right this should be moving fun Moving on. Then. Jake Fisher, right tackle. You see, I got a feeling... If healthy. If healthy. Trouble is, we've not had him healthy, though. No, I know. Because he's had this heart condition. So, I don't know. He showed flashes of promise, and you'd hope with his recovery now that he will start to show why we drafted him in the second round. But at the moment, I'd give him a five. I'll give him four. I think he's a below average star. I think uh, he, I mean, I th- you don't know how that heart thing played into last season. But he no, wasn't you just good don't. Last season. I just think that they're hoping that Pollack is going to get the most out of him this year, or at least the most, uh, or more from him that than he's ever shown. Especially now he's, and I'm doing inverted comma sign healthy. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay, we will now move on to the wide receivers. Now, I'm going with a two wide receiver set because I don't want to delve in too much. Mm -hmm. Um, AJ Green, I'm going to go in at a nine. Yeah. um, I don't think he's all pro, though. I'm going, uh, this is probably sacrilege, but I'm going 8.5. Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. But, and also, yeah, he had his. Arguably his worst season for the Bengals yeah, last year. Yeah, might be right, actually. I think sometimes with AJ Green, and this is actually a really quick sort of, we're segueing, as Paul likes to say, away really quickly. I do think sometimes AJ Green, you might actually be right. He, he's almost at that level of like, you think he's this all pro player, but sometimes he just doesn't make that catch he should make, or he'll cough up a fumble. Or... There is that knock on him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't just, know. I think he's a... He's, a, he's a superb receiver. He's absolutely top five in the NFL. Yeah, well, he's yeah, arguably yeah. 
arguably our best ever wide receiver. Oh, that, that yeah. I, I, Do you know yeah, what I mean? I yeah, think he might be better. Point. That he's certainly more consistent than yeah. Chad. I mean, yeah. Chad Johnson was one of the best for two, three seasons, but yeah, this guy yeah. is going to be one of the best for ten years, I think. So, yeah. who knows? Yes, eight point five for AJ. Yep, I would actually re- uh, reduce mine to that. Brandon LaFell, who I would imagine if we were playing tonight, would be the number two yeah, guy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I give him a six. No. I just Bob think Edwards. he's. I think he's solid. I don't think he's a game breaker. Uh, I, he doesn't do that much wrong. He's an he's an average starter. I go four. Mm, okay. I just I know, I I know think like, he's below every. I think he's got no elite speed. I don't think. No. He, I think he benefits he does, massively off the fact that he's got AJ Green one side and still doesn't do it. Actually, no. I think I'm going to reduce mine to five just because remembering he had a he had a shocker. Last year, like blocking and, mm. but he's he's a solid player. He's, he's solid, but not spectacular. You know, the thing is, and this is the interesting thing with this, is that if you, your number two wide receiver probably should be a six or a seven. Yeah, if I, you look you, at Pittsburgh. Yeah. You got Smith Schuster. You know, you've sorry, got, the, the player well, that shall, the, not, the player be shall not be on named on this podcast. But you look at other teams, like you've got um, like the Vikings with Stefan Diggs and Thielen and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the yeah. players no, that you sort of want in that position. Um, next up, Tyler Eifert. I've gone with a six and a half, if healthy. If healthy, I'd give him a seven. Yeah. Actually, I'd give him a 7.5. Yeah. He's I, pro bowl. He's just not shown enough consistently, though. Yeah, but he's not been on the field consistently. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? You could debate that one all day because yeah, it's so, like, you never know exactly I think when on the field, he's, he's a real threat. He's a yeah. great player. Dalton. Seven. Seven. See, you. Th- this is where we're different. I'm going six. I really, I'm marking up. Above average. But you like Dalton better than I do, so yeah. this can't be right. I, know. <laughs> not the right, I just give, think he's I, slightly right. above average quarterback. Yeah, um, no, that's, seven is probably a... Seven, you're saying he's like a very good quarterback. All right, no, 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 I'm not going to go that yeah. far. You know my thoughts on number 14. Um, yeah, six for sure, yeah. Okay, Geo. Uh, seven. Seven? Seven? Yeah. We've gone six. I think really? he's probably just slightly above average running I back. I think he's a good running There's back. There's a lot of good running backs in the league. Though. Yeah, but he's good, though. He is good. Talent level, he's good. Yeah. And now my boy, Joe Mixon. Um, I'm going, uh, at the moment, a six. I am staying a six as well. Just because, you know, he's shown flashes. Yeah. I think he's going to be great if he runs behind a line that gets him some... He could easily turn into a seven or eight. Oh, uh, he can turn into whatever he wants to be, to be yeah. honest, I think. Mm. Okay, we're on to defence. Okay. Carlos Dunlap. Left end. I'm um, going seven and a half. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. 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 Gino, eight and a half. Uh I'll go Yeah, I'll go eight and a half as well. Andrew Billings, what do you think first? Billings. I, big, I mean he would he boy start, Billings. Or Chris Baker be that, that, that second spot potentially. I think Baker will start actually. Do you think? Yeah, and if it's so I mean it's impossible to give Billings though, as we know what we've got there. Uh yeah, I'd give him a Four point five, five. I said three and a half. I think I think he did okay last year, but he he started well and then kind of just slackened off. So yeah. you need more consistency from him. He's certainly got the physical bulk to be that yeah. run stuff, and hopefully he'll learn a lot from Chris Baker. Now I feel like this is where we're going to fall out, and we might there might be some blows um, thrown yes, about. Yeah, I'm going to have a word about MJ. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> you go first. MJ. You, you, you go first. MJ, I give Ooh. five. You're gonna go like a nine. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> no, I like, I think he's good. You're gonna give him a nine and start getting all a bit sweaty under your collar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give him a four. I honestly think he, he 
he's a below average starter. I think this, this career. if he's not cut this off season, I think this this year will be his last year. Yeah. Right. It pains me to say, yeah. my man crush will be over. <laughs> Who am I going to like stalk now? Who's your second favourite player? Um, Kevin Uber. Uh, like, like, you know, he's a good. Yeah, I mean, no, but um, <laughs> Kev, I hope you're not listening. No, to this. he's a great bloke and, a, yeah, and actually yeah. a good player. But um, I think I was debating this: who would I get? Because uh, I always like to get a, like an underdogs T-shirt. Uh, sorry, if I got a jersey, who would mm. I get? Uh, I've got a couple of jerseys upstairs, but they're from their Boomer jersey and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think Gino really. I just he's really not an like underdog, him. Though, is he? No, he's not really an underdog. He's a big dog. <laughs> he's, a, he's a massive dog. Um, anyway, come on, we've got to we've got, we've got to roll through it. Vinny Ray, I've gone. I'm Vinny. I love you, but I I think he's a three and a half. I give him a four. Four. Preston Brown, I'm saying going to start. I'm going to give Preston Brown a six. Yeah, I think that's fair enough from what he's done in Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. Tez, I'm giving an eight. Player-wise, I'm going to give him a 7.5. Okay. Because I don't think he had a great season last year. Yeah. I mean, there were games that he... We mentioned this last week. There were games that he took over. Yeah. There were games that he looked lost. There yep. were games that he looked terribly unfit. Yeah. Um, And there were games that he was suspended or injured. So, yeah, very, you know... No, I agree shot, with you. Really. I agree with you. Dre Kirkpatrick. Um, 5.5. Six, I've gone for. I think he's probably just about an average, above average starter. Yeah. William Jackson the third. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level. I'm going to give him an eight, and that might anyone outside the Bengals, right, might be surprised by that. But if you look at like PFF and some of his stats, mm. he's actually right up there yeah. with the very best in the NFL, and he's only going to get better. Yeah. So eight. I mean, he could be. One of the top three or four in the league. Come if we're having this conversation next year. Yeah, I think it's very interesting grading cornerbacks because obviously, like if you're really good, people don't throw your way. Mm. It was like that guy that used to play for the Raiders years ago, Namdi Asamoah or whatever it's called. No one ever wanted to yeah. throw his way. He never got many picks or he never got no, many no. of the highlight reels. But got about him, Namdi. Namdi Asamoah, yeah. Good name. Good, um, good I'm going to give him a seven at the moment. I, I think he's got... I mean, it was only his first proper year last year playing. So I think next year he could excel. But I, I don't want to get too on the hype train just yet. Darquez Denard. Um, I would say... I think he's a good player. I think it's 6.5. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've only gone for a five. Yeah, I think I he's good. I just think he flashes, but he doesn't... He's no, last year he really came on, I thought. Yeah. And, pl- and that was because he had, you know... Plenty of playing time. Again, mm. he's a guy that was kind of knacked by injuries for the first couple of three years. No, it's fair point. And, you know, the fact that he had, like, an extended run in the team really showed, I think. Yeah. Very good player. Sean Williams. Um, Tricky. I've gone with a four. No, I think I think he's a five. You think he's about average? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't dislike him. And I say that the most interesting thing to me about this off-season is the fact that the you know you look at the safety pairing of Williams on Aloka, and you think yeah they're pretty solid you know they're not amazing but they're pretty solid. I think the problem is if one of them goes down you've either got to thrust Clayton Fergulem in there who did all right yeah I'm, I'm not sure if he's more just well, Josh Shaw who I like but had yeah. an absolute shocker last year. Yeah I just think you need a player that's probably I mean I'm going to go on to the George Aloka I'll give George Aloka a five and a half. I think he actually for what we paid him hasn't perhaps I agree been he hasn't progressed the player he? you'd yeah. have hoped. 
Yeah. He's probably above average, but I don't think he's much. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a 5.56. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. So we on special teams. Well, the special teams, I mean, we quickly go through. Randy Bullock, I'm going to give a three. I think he's perennially a below average starter. I think you could pick up anyone off the street now. There'd be about five kickers that are all out of work that would just be as good as him. I'm not going to get into my Bullock thing. I'm going to give a three. Um, I'm going five. You got a five. Just, I mean, he didn't do anything too much wrong he last year. He didn't have anything to do, though, I feel like. That, well, that is very true. The offense didn't really give him... A... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And interestingly, some of the... You know, if anybody follows Bengals UK on Twitter, they'll know that I've been obsessed with this fan speak mock draft simulator. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would know that, actually. Really? You don't think so? <laughs> of course they bloody would. But I know, so I've been asking, in the spirit of collaboration and, yeah. and sharing, yeah. I've been asking for people to do theirs, and a couple of guys have, have drafted kickers in the lower That's rounds. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, quite interesting. But we all know what happened last year. Um, right. Kevin, uh, no, we've got to finish off. Kevin yeah. Huber, I'm going six and a half. Six to six and a half. Yeah, I think I think yeah, definitely. I think that's a good shout. Six and a half. Clark Harris seven. I think he made well, the pro, pro bowl. Absolutely seven. You know. I think that's a good shout. Now, all of you, we are going to get onto our guests in just a moment. But if you've got any feedback on those ratings, you tweet us your ratings. We could quite easily be wrong. We might even have missed a starter out on the list. So send us them over. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Absolutely. And um, what was interesting for me about that exercise is that. How many players above eight have we got? Yeah, well, if you go with about two... AJ. Gino. You you reckon Burfitt? Burfitt, like about on the cusp. But I'd, I'd go a bit lower than that. There's also a couple of positions out on the line where you've got players that are barely over threes. Yes. Yeah. The, there's a clear need on that line. Absolutely. And I, so that's what's interesting about this exercise and because you can up. kind of, you know, you know, you can kind of almost like view the team from afar... And be quite objective about yeah. it. Whereas when you support them week in, week out, it's difficult to kind of form objective yep. opinions. But this, you know, that is really good to see. Actually, do you know what? Probably a seven and nine team is, is all we are, well, I, really. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, especially looking at linebacker. If you take Burfecht out of his suspension, you've got a 3.5 Vinny Ray. And who would be the man? Jordan Evans. Him? Yeah, Jordan Evans. Who would probably, to be brutally honest, is probably about three or four himself. Um, Nick which Vigil. Is yeah, Nick Vigil, actually, that's a good shout. He'd probably be a four or five. Yeah. But, it's but still, still, not that you exciting, want You want it? sixes, sevens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you want to be a good team. Mm. I mean, if we went through the Eagles kind of uh, defensive line, oh, yeah. Oh, you mean, know, there'd be yeah. eight, eight, nine, Seven, eight, sixes, you know, eight. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No, I completely agree. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this is this is what they're doing at the moment. They're roster building. They're planning for the draft. Mm. Um and this neatly segues into our special guest. So, yeah, it's now time to bring in this week's special guest. And I've been looking forward to having him on for a while. And uh, he's one half of the Cincinnati Inquirer's beat writing dynamic duo. It's Jim Ozarski. Jim, are you there? I am here. Thanks for having me, guys. You're very welcome. And it's a, it's honestly, it's great to have you on. You, you and Paul produce such uh, fantastic coverage for... Bengals fans, not just in the Cincinnati area, but also five thousand miles away in uh, in the UK. So thank you for that. Um, um, I wanted to ask you about free agency because I would say, well, I think it's fair to say that most Bengals fans are pretty happy with the team's activity in free agency. Although when we discussed this last week, and he said, "Yeah, it's great." 
they've addressed needs, but they've hardly gone super crazy. You know, it seems like they've gone a bit crazy because this is something that the Bengals don't necessarily do this early in the process. So I'm interested to know what you think, or at least kind of give free agency a grade. And have you been surprised with the level of activity? Uh, any any kind of thoughts on the whole kind of last couple of weeks? Yeah, I um, I think people are, are definitely excited about it because they're sort of looping the Cordy Glenn trade in to free agency, which obviously a trade is not the same thing. Yeah. Um, but it did shape their free agency in that, you know, Cordy Glenn's $11 million plus cap hit in 2018 did affect, um, you know, how they approached their model, um, how much money they could spend then either on their own players or other players. So uh, I will also include Cordy Glenn in the free agency sort of uh, group, yeah. if you will. Under the and, umbrella and yeah, me, of free agency, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and on paper for me, guys, um, I, this is my fourth season covering the team. Um, I, I'd say it's their, their most uh, targeted off-season meaning, uh, you know, in the past few years, I've seen them spend $50 million on Drake Kirkpatrick, $26 million on Adam Jones. Um, I've seen them make, you know, huge offers to Marvin Jones, who, who obviously we, we know he turned that down. No offer to Kevin Zeitler, kind of in between on Whitworth. They, they didn't really reach beyond their borders, if you will. And, mm. and we knew they would this year because, frankly, Russell Bodine and Tyler Eifert were really the only two guys that they had any interest in returning. So I was really curious, okay, how do they and who do they target? Um, you know, look, Bobby Hart, uh, okay, we, we know Bobby Hart's <laughs> issues in New York. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's still a starting right tackle yep. who's 25 years old. Uh, that was their first move. Okay. Uh, Chris Baker, again, a flawed player, uh, but one their coaches have history with. And also it fits a need uh, in terms of a, a, a pass rush type uh, D tackle to play next to Gino to push Andrew Billings. Um, and if he plays really well, you signed a starter for $3 million. Obviously yeah. now we have Cordy Glenn. You have a, a franchise left tackle. Um, we can debate. You know, obviously he's not Andrew Whitworth, but he's not Cedric Oboehy. So <laughs> they've done that, and then Tyler. So and then Matt Barkley again. Whatever. I mean, you needed a backup quarterback, and they 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 got a guy who can hand the ball off if Andy has to go out for for a game or two. So um, you're right, guys. Preston Brown. You know, one year, four million dollars. That's interesting to me, guys, because if I were going to hang a a. Uh, on this team. It's, it's not that they signed Preston Brown. I, I, I felt they should have, to be honest. I thought Preston was a guy. I, I think my issue there was the one year thing again. Yeah. What's um, your, what's your feeling about that? I think that's what we were talking about. That's why great signing on paper, exactly what the team needs after Kevin Minter's departure. Um, but why only one year? Why do it almost like a one year prove it deal? It did, didn't quite make sense. Was it just a financial yeah. thing? I, I I think it's a it, it's a two way street. Uh, I think they were done, in my opinion, after Barkley. 
Right. Okay. You know, and then and then Preston Brown is still sitting out there. I mean, it, it, look, a lot of people, including Preston, <laughs> thought he was going to get, you know, four years, thirty million. Yeah. You know, uh, four years, twenty six million, whatever, and it didn't happen. And I think he saw the ability to come home, and was like, okay, what if I do this again? What if I? Because like Kevin Minter did. Kevin Minter gambled on himself last yeah, year, and obviously right, yeah. that, that didn't really pay off. Um, whereas, whereas the Bengals were like, okay, um, he's still available. They knew Vontez Burfecht was suspended well before anybody else did. So I, I don't think this was a Tez is suspended. Let's sign a linebacker. I don't think they thought that way. Right. I think they felt like, wow, here is this player we really like that suddenly is now making himself available to us. I think Preston wanted one year. Right. I think the Bengals were okay with that because they're like, well, why would we hook ourselves into – I mean, let's face it, guys. If Carlos Dansby agreed to a three-year deal three <laughs> right. years ago, everyone would be like, oh. Yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? So I think it, I think the one-year thing helped or, or from both sides. My issue with it is, like, I'm part of my French, but, but Crapper, get off the pot. Like, what are you doing yeah. at linebacker? Like, is yeah. this the guy – like just think, like figure something out there, and yeah. I think that's my issue <laughs> yeah. at linebacker. It's like you know, like fix it, fix yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if this fixes it. <laughs> no, no, it's almost like uh, putting a band aid on a kind of a weeping sore, isn't it? I guess. Um, right. Uh, staying in that uh, area, um, Jim, what would you do with Vontez Perfect? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? It, it's this question would would have been better served a year ago this time when I would have said, "Do not give him an extension, right? Uh, and, and make him play for it, and 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 take your chances on him in the free market in this off season because clearly the Bengals paid him a year too early uh, when they did not have to, um, and, and now." they're clearly overpaying for him because, you know, last year they, they, they gave him a $38 million extension, um, made him one of the highest paid linebackers in football. And, and while I agree that he can play to that level, um, we haven't seen that level. No, and he's got to Nobody be actually on the field. That level. And, and so now, um, <clears throat> you know, he's going to miss time. And look, this is all money out of his pocket. I mean, the Bengals are not on the hook for any – you know, so they did their due diligence and, and did a contract in the right way. Um, you know, so I, you know, <laughs> you, you cut now. Now you're just sad. It's what it is. It's like, oh, you know, it's like now you hope he shows up in shape in week four or yeah. week five. What are which the he, odds of that? Not which good. He, which he didn't um, last year, yeah. right? After his suspension, he looked flabby. He was slow. He didn't play great. It took him a while to get back into things. Yeah. And, I think what's pissed off uh, fans, I think, this is what's pissed me off, actually. There seems to be real urgency, and the Bengals have been making some moves, at least relatively to the Bengals, shall right. we say. Um, so there is a sense, there is genuinely a sense of, right, we've got to get this fixed. The coaching hires, the right. you know, all the rest of it. Everything's being put into place to at least improve, to to be an improved team and then perfect this news from perfect comes out i think that's really disappointed fans that's my take on it i think 
Yeah, I, I would say that that's fair because look, he he's you know he's one of the best players on the team, and, and again, when he is in shape and, and playing and healthy, one of the best linebackers in football. And I can't sit here as the beat writer of the team and tell you this team has a better chance to win the Super Bowl in in February without him. Mm. So. I think that's the spot they're in. And this goes back to the, the one-year Preston Brown thing. And Preston's a nice player. He's going to play every game, and he's going he's gonna to play hard. But he's not a – and he even said this. He's like, I don't create turnover. I don't create enough turnovers. I, don't, yeah. I, I need to be better at that. So what does Vontaze Burford do when he plays? He, he, he creates those plays for the Bengals. I mean, you look at Denver last year with the fumble Absolutely. on C.J. Anderson. And, like, so – that's the problem they're in is because they haven't found anyone else in his entire tenure. PJ Dawson, Nick Vigil, Jordan Evans, mm. Marquise Flowers, mm. Roderick McElroy, <laughs> um, I, you know, whoever, you know, I don't, you know, Hardy Nickerson, God bless him as an undrafted guy. I mean, they haven't found Vinnie Ray yeah. is like a great man and, and exactly what you need as a backup linebacker. But, they haven't found anyone else that can do what Vontez Burfecht does. And so that's why they're stuck with him. Yeah. And that's why they have to deal with this because, um, again, the positives make, make you better as a team, as a defense. And they're mm. just, you know, un- until, until he can't really perform at that level um, consistently or Marvin Lewis is gone. Look, I, I would put this, you mentioned the urgency guys and, and not to, to kind of just waffle on to another topic. But I do think there is some of that here. I mean, it's a two-year deal um, for Marvin, but let's be real, guys. That You know, they go 6-10, and 10, and it's three straight years of this. Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't see Marvin being here for 2019. So no, I, no. I, think there is a, I think there is an emphasis on this year to get it right, get back to the playoffs. Um, and – you know, as far as Burfecht's concerned, you know, I think they're just going to think, well, he's going to miss four or five games no matter what, whether it be injury or otherwise. So let's get it out of the way now, and hopefully he can he can be effective and then healthy for the playoffs, which, yeah. you know. <laughs> Fingers yeah. crossed. I, well, I'll see that when I believe. I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, Jim, obviously, since the end of last season, there's been some highs for the Bengals and there's been some lows for the Bengals. Now, um, obviously, with the lows, I think a lot of people in Cincinnati must have been disappointed with bringing Marvin Lewis back. It certainly seemed like that on Twitter and from people that I've spoken to. Um, With these moves, like bringing in Cordy Glenn and Preston Brown um, and the Bengals sort of signifying a little bit that they're being slightly more aggressive and they're here to win now... What is the sort of temperature like in Cincinnati at the moment? Are the fans, do they seem a little bit more infused or are they still a little bit negative? And following further on from that question, opening day, how do you think the attendance is going to be like at Paul Brown Stadium? (laughs) Yeah, I do think um, there definitely was a very, very bad public view of the the organization when Marvin was, was... uh, frankly, rehired. I mean, his contract <laughs> expired. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, letting Russell Bodine go, not making a, a super long play for for that guy, I think helped things. I think the trade for for Glenn. You're right. Um, 
you know, the one-year, quote-unquote, incentive-laden deal for Tyler Eifert. I mean, they kind of hit a lot of the needs and, and markers that fans like, the reasonable. Um, you know, you still get a lot of, of you know, Andy Dalton haters. Um, and, you know, McCarron, I think, you know, and you guys know this uh, by following our work, from Cincinnati and we've been reporting for three years that really the league did not like AJ McCarron as a starter. No one seemed to believe us. Um, and then <laughs> when he was free to be signed by 31 other teams and nobody wanted him, um, I think that kind of proved it, I, you know, even beyond the shadow of a doubt. So I think even that sort of tempered the, the anger, right? Because I think if AJ McCarron would have been traded a year, two years ago, people would have been, losing their minds thinking, you know, they let the, they let Tom Brady go. And, and I mean, he may yet prove to be okay, but you know, I think generally speaking, you're right. The, the sense, the mood, I don't know if people are happy, uh, but they're definitely not as like angry as they were in January. Um, you know, honestly guys trading down out of 12, look, I'm going to be selfish. Um, the, the whole, like, not having to worry about them picking Baker Mayfield now is, is <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that is going to save my mentions on draft day. Right. <laughs> uh, thank God, because that was, I, I, so I, I do think there's a little bit of distrust still with Andy. Um, but look, Bill Lazor, I think people are curious about Terrell Austin. I think people are curious about, so I think they've shifted into a, a curiosity factor now, as far as that, that home opener, probably be week two. Uh, the reds are at home again. Um, that that stretch in September when the Bengals are set, yeah. they typically open on the road. Um, I, I still think it's going to be really, really low. I mean, unless they look amazing in the preseason and unless they just do what they did in 15 and go out to wherever they go and just blow the doors off and throw five touchdowns, yeah. I, I just see a, a slow build in 18, guys, to be honest. I, I think people want to see it out of Andy and Marvin. Uh, I think they have to prove it. Um you've mentioned it just there with the whole Baker Mayfield thing, but I'm going to carry on from that just quickly. A lot of fans are asking, are the Bengals going to draft the quarterback? If they are, what round do you think it'll be? Uh, if they do, it, it won't be. Well, in Marvin Lewis's tenure, the only two quarterbacks he's taken above the fifth round are Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. Um, Marvin does not like self-made quarterback controversies. <laughs> so, um, if they take one, I, my history says no earlier than the fifth round. Um, however, you have Alex Van Pelt, um, uh, recently of the green Bay Packers mm-hmm. and you have Bill Lazor as the new OC. Um, so I, and you have so many fours and so many, Right, two or three fourth rounders. I want to say. I know they had a bunch of fifth and sixth and, and whatever, but I could see a fourth rounder if they really like one and they're just like, man, we we have too many picks and let's just take a guy. But yeah. I would say fourth or fifth round. Fifth round being my bet. Um, if they take one, I, I, guys, I think this will all play out on how they view Jeff Driscoll. Um, yeah, he's absolutely. entering a contract year. It's his third year on the team. Do they view him as like the next McCarron, like the guy that can they can re-sign to a contract after this year and say you're the backup for Andy through 2021 or whatever, hmm. or do they say you know what 
it just hasn't worked. Alex doesn't like him, you know, as a prospect. Bill doesn't like him as a prospect. Let's draft a guy, you know, in the fourth, fifth round, like a McCarron type. So, like, think senior. Think a guy who's thrown a lot of balls that can come in, experienced, um, that could develop into a McCarron type backup. Um, you know, to, to I, I, so if they pick a QB, guys, I think that's the type of guy you're looking for. And fourth round at the highest. Uh, fifth round, most likely. Hey, you see, the reason My I opinion. the reason I mentioned that question to you was because when they brought in Matt Barkley, to me, I thought that was the kind of move of them bringing in a guy that they would potentially draft someone and say to that prospect, "Look, I think you can beat Matt Barkley out." beat him out right. to be our backup coming into the season. I think they could have done better than Barkley. I think Barkley, you know, he's been in the league a while. He's got some experience. But to me, it kind of felt like maybe they throw the keys to someone in the third or fourth round and say, look, Andy's got the job. It's his. You come and beat Barkley out. We want you to make the team. And they really give him a shot at that. What, what would you say to that? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would agree. Uh, if they do take a quarterback, especially if they decide to use, a, uh, you know, either trade up, into the third round for another pick or actually use their third round pick, which is, you know, um, I think they only have one because they didn't get any comp picks. Um, you know, uh, the, the Andrew Whitworth comp was a fifth. Um, oh, they do have Zeitler. I'm, I'm trying to remember offhand. So I, but no, it, generally speaking, Matt Barkley, yeah, the contract, they only, they only gave him like a $500,000 signing bonus. So there's yeah. very little guaranteed money. Um, you know, the two years is whatever, uh, you're right. I, I think if they do pick one, I think there will be a real competition for the quote-unquote true backup. Yeah. Um, Barkley obviously has that history with Bill Lazor. Uh, Marvin had said that when A.J. McCarron – I don't know if you guys remember, A.J. McCarron had a neck injury in season last year that he couldn't practice. So they brought in like three or four quarterbacks like, oh, man, do we need to like emergency sign a guy? if AJ's hurt and Barkley was one of those guys. So they've actually uh, liked him for the better part of a year. And his um, history with, with Bill Lazor as well. Yeah. So that makes me think, you know, be, like Barkley's the guy, um, you know, let's say week one on the road in LA, Matt Barkley's the active guy to play because he would be ready and know how to do it. Whereas a rookie, maybe they, he'd be the inactive guy. So I still think Jeff Driscoll matters in this, but you're right. Like week 15, maybe that other guy is the active backup. And Matt Barkley is having the headset with it. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. Barkley's here, unless he's just God awful. And the other guy, <laughs> <laughs> which it is Matt Barkley. So we can't really rule that out. Jim, we're going to wrap this up really quick. You've been fantastic. We've had people on the last couple of weeks. We asked them, what is the Bengals' record going to be in 2018? Kevin Huber said 10 and 6. Solomon Wilcott said 11 and 5. And Ken Anderson said 12 and 4. What are you saying for the Bengals next season? Wow. Yeah. I, I uh, not, wow. You're going to put it, you're going to have to do a prediction before the draft. And before, <laughs> I know. It's, it's camp. We like to nail you down. Uh, you know what? I'll, <coughs> I, you know, I'll um, if they draft well, stick, I, they... I'm gonna go. With, I'll go with ten and six, and and and, um, and and here's why, real quick. So last year, season predictions in the Cincinnati Enquirer, Cincinnati.com. I, I said eight and eight. 
And I said they were 10 and 16 if the offensive line was even remotely average. Yeah. 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 Now what happened? They finished, they finished seven and nine and they blew three score leads against Green Bay yep. and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I hate to say I was right, but I was right. Yeah, and I think yeah. Cordy Glenn is healthy according to them. Um, I believe whatever is going to happen at right tackle, right guard will be better. We'll see. Some, I think they do have the. I, they have ten win talent, guys. And 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 what's the difference between ten wins and twelve wins? Not much. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to stick with right now, having not seen anything or anything of Bill Lazor's offense or Terrell Hawkins' <laughs> defense. I'll, I'm just going with the talent that they already have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think they're a ten win team. Uh, now we'll just have to see how that actually all comes together mm-hmm. through camp and obviously making sure everyone stays healthy. <laughs> Well, Jim, we could talk to you all day. I know that you've got to shoot off in a minute, so um, thank you so much for the time. Um, um, we've wanted, you know, I've wanted to have you on since day one of when we started this podcast. So it's great to have yeah. you on. Uh, give uh, my regards to Paul and Lindsay and all at the Inquirer, and um, you know, guys out there, if you want to give Jim a follow on Twitter, it's at Jim Azarski. Um, and obviously with the draft and, you know, I know, I know Paul, Dana Jr. is down at the owners' meetings at the moment. They're always great to follow those guys. So, Jim, thanks for the time. Yeah, hey, guys, thanks for having me. And for everyone uh, across the pond, thank you guys for your support of us, Paul and I and Lindsay at Cincinnati.com. Uh, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Jim. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jim Ozarski from the Cincinnati Inquirer, one half of the dynamic duo, the beat writers, uh, Jim Ozarski and Paul Dana Jr. And we can't thank Jim enough. Um, what a nice geezer. Yeah, absolute quality. And uh, as I knew it would be, because, you know, yeah, he's a great guy. we're actually pretty lucky, I think. We're not to kind of, you know, be too kind of arse-licky, but they do do a really fantastic this coverage that they do and the stuff that they give us is amazing. So. Absolutely, yeah. Um, right, it's uh, the second half of the show. Uh, we went over a bit with Jim, but he was so, you know, he's so knowledgeable and so interesting. Um, we couldn't help but... No, I of, hope he know. comes back on again. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we've got some questions, and um, one question... Well, one of the questioners from uh last couple of weeks is dastardly duncan do you remember <laughs> solid him? handle solid handle and we'll get to solid handle later on but um <laughs> yeah uh dastardly duncan dastardly um his name is duncan price i got in touch with him and i said do you want to kind of record your questions and yeah. send it to us so every week there's going to be Duncan's dastardly question Wait, of the b- week. Before he speaks, Go on. I hope he doesn't ruin my impression because I've got him down as like a dick dastardly like villain type. And if he's like... Prepare <laughs> to be disappointed, Nathan. <laughs> here we go. Hi there, Duncan Price here, at Dastardly Duncan on the Twitters, as they say. And I'm here with the dastardly question of the week. For this instalment and the next few weeks, we'll be looking back at previous NFL drafts and their subsequent impact on the Bengals. Okay, so, first question. The Bengals took Geno Atkins 120th in the 2010 NFL Draft. With the benefit of hindsight and a time machine, would you go back and trade up using both of our fourth-round picks to get Everson Griffin at 100? Would you simply select the man taken even later than Geno at 133, Cam Chancellor? Or would you do what the Bengals did and select Mr Atkins at 120. 
So that was uh, Duncan Price, dastardly Duncan. He sounds like a lovely geezer, doesn't he? He is. He, he, I think he needs to work on his dastardly voice. Yeah, it wasn't too dastardly. Yeah, no. he, was, he was very nice. He sounded a bit yeah, too nice. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Nice geezer. The question. Good question. Would you have traded picks away and uh, got Everson Griffin? No. Would you have waited or passed on Gino Atkins and and, uh, and nabbed Cam Chancellor? Uh no, I think I think a good defensive tackle is more impactful than the Cam Chancellor type player. I I would have gone with Gino. I really would yeah, have done. Absolutely. Um, yes. Um, now we've also got some. I know that I said that would you, we. Paul? You, you no, well, I wouldn't change Gino's pick just yeah, because yeah. he's been such a success, such a steal in that third round. I yeah. think it was third round. Um, amazing, and you know Cam Chancellor's brilliant. He would he would have had a good career in Cincinnati. Yeah, he would have done. Uh, Everson Griffin would have had a good career, but from what we picked, the value, the kind of career that he's had, you got to, you can't change. Chancellor's that. also had so much talent around him as well, and I think Gino has hasn't always. So I think for you know from that perspective as well, you you lean towards Gino. Now, um, if you, if uh, long time listeners remember at Christmas, <laughs> we did a bit of singing, and I said that I would never sing on this podcast again. However. <laughs> To celebrate the Preston Brown signing, our, our very own Michael Smith has written a, well, kind of lyrics to a well-known song. So we're going to sing it for you to be designed to sing on the terraces, <laughs> as all these things are. So we're going to go for it. Are you ready, Nathan? Listen, this is, if you could do uh, sort of statistics here of like user drop-off, it's going to be like <laughs> it's going to be like Niagara Falls when this comes on. All right, here we go. This is for you, Preston Brown. Well... There we go. Rap, rapturous applause from the crowd. I, I hate these singing things because I at my singing ability, if we go back to what we did earlier, is probably a two, <laughs> maybe a one out of ten. And Paul is at least a seven or an eight. You should listen to him. He's a quality singer. So it suits him and not me. As you can that's why I tell. do it. I just do it to make you look really <laughs> yeah, bad. Okay, let's rattle these through these questions. Michael Fisher at Miguel seventy seven LFC. I want to say solid handle. No. Solid handle rating. Too many numbers and weird letters in it. I like right. the start, not Miguel. the end. Hello, hello, Miguel. Uh, which form, which one former Bengals player, past or present, would you slot in the current roster to make the most immediate impact? That's a good question, actually. You, you know who just jumped into my head? Chad Ochocinco. Him and AJ Green either side gives Dalton such a weapon. Depends if Dalton can hit them, though. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Look at you being a bit catty. What are you saying? Wow. Uh, speaking of the cat, you might have heard him again in the Jim Azarski interview, and also a wailing dog. So apologies for the uh, it's like Animal Farm on this podcast. Not quite that sort of Animal Farm. Um, uh, and if any RSP people, RS, what are they called RSPCA, RSPCA people are listening, it's not because we're mistreating them. No, no, They're I just don't know. generally noisy animals. Um, uh, you'd have to go Munoz. You can't look more than Munoz, further yeah, than Munoz. Shout, if you move Cordy Glenn over to right tackle and Munoz at left, goodness yeah. me. Imagine Chad and AJ, though. Who, who, Pretty good. They'd tear it up the geese. Imagine, uh, here's another one. Imagine Ken, our old chum, Ken Anderson, at quarterback instead of Andy Dalton. Have a yeah, bit of that. Yeah, maybe. Okay, uh, thank you, Michael. Martin Greer, at Martin Greer 73 Current available odds to win the AFC North are Steelers four to nine, Ooh, I love an odds, Ravens four to one, Bengals seven Ooh. to one, Bengals eight to one. Do you agree with these? Personally, I think we're a great price. Um, 
if Green, Eifert, Mixon can stay on the Look, field. Nathan, is, you're the betting I man. I love this. I love, I've not seen these odds inexplicably. Seven to one is exceptionally good value. The Browns are eight to one stupid because even though they've got some talent there, you can't just gel a team together in free agency. I completely agree with you that the Bengals are good value at sevens. The Ravens at four are hysterical. They've got a worse team than us, and I think they're going to seriously regress. I think get some money on the Bengals. Maybe a score on the Bengals. Put you back under forty quid. That'd be all right. That'd be a bit of a touch, wouldn't it? Yeah. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Hello, Lord. Handle. Hello, Lord Rixendale. Well, hello, Lord Rixendale. Which Bengals uh, players, past and present, have the stupidest names? You can't beat Frosty Rucker, surely. Well, um, Roderick Muckleroy. That's a good one. That Jim pulled that one out of the bag. Do you remember Ethan Kilmer? Yeah. Ethan I mean, Kilmer. I'm actually. This is one that I'm gonna work on and go through the archives because I'm swearing. I swear. Because the one player that I, one of the players that I'd like us to to draft this year, is a six foot five receiver called Equinimius St Brown. You keep drafting him in all those things. I keep seeing his name floating. Banjo, about. have him, have him on the just. Just for the name alone, Vontez Burfix. Vontez. I mean, you, I mean, Vont. I mean, all these names are amazing. <laughs> uh, Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. This is one for another time. As it'll take time, but I'm keen for a solid handle section of the podcast <laughs> where you and Nathan pick the best Twitter handles in the NFL. Consider that challenge accepted. Oh, I, I love some handles. I love some like rating the Twitter handles of our fans. There's some good ones in there. Absolutely, Lord Rixendale. Hello, Lord Rixendale is good. dastardly. Um, Duncan is fantastic. Absolutely, just got to work on that. Mm. The evil voice, I think. Yeah. Um, Wee Man Syndrome at Ur Cameron. Um, at what? Uh, or Cameron. O double O R Cameron. Um, celebrate, and this is a picture. So go on to his Twitter. Yep. To see this. Um, Cameron has got a new tattoo. Shall we just leave it at that? Uh, celebrating the free agency editions with one for myself. Shout out to Dave at Main Street Tattoo in Wishaw for sorting me out. It's quite... I saw it earlier. Fair play. It's a, a thing, Fair play right there. Well done. Fair play there. Jamie. Um, Vista. Yeah, I still can't say Something it properly. Like but Jay, our, our very own Jamie Rowe will be co-hosting the Manchester um, meetup for us. Are there any free agents left that you really like the look of? I'd have said Cam Fleming, but looks like the Cowboys are on the verge of signing him. And the news is that he has signed for the right. Cowboys. Um, I, I, I'm still in again. I'm, I'll say it. I'll say it once, and I'll say it again. I'm still intrigued by this whole safety thing. The Bengals obviously want to upgrade at safety. Is Vicaro still out there? Vicaro is, mm. but he's not. And I would look at him because you know he's obviously a first-round talent. But ever since that broken ankle, was it last year or the year before, he's not quite been the same player. And you look at his PFF grades, uh, PFF grades—that's a new thing (laughs) entirely. PFF grades—he's kind of fallen off a cliff. The one safety that I would look at is Tyvon Branch. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe Jonathan Hankins, the defensive end. Yeah. But I, if they, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they added someone after the draft or whatever. But we'll what see. What about Sed Pierman? Did you bring him back, special teams player? <sighs> I know it's not sexy. Not. No, it's not sexy, but I think. Darren Simmons, when we spoke to him, said he was the best special teams yeah, player he could. I just think, I just think it's an age thing. I, I yeah, think we've got Fedulin now. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, Kevin think... Minter, cheap one year, two million well, dollar I mean, deal. Adam rotation. Jones, yeah, exactly. Cheap. I mean, deal. to Who me, knows? Kevin Minter wasn't good last season. But he was injured a bit. If yeah. you bring him back, he's still one year removed from being a solid starter that we were all excited about. You know, with Burfict out, him and Preston Brown, if they get a good training camp under their belts, that maybe he's a good signing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think they will add a few yeah. others post draft. Yeah. To kind of add yeah. roster competition, that's always the way it works. Um, Anyway, uh, final question tonight. Richard Jones at Jones 82 What are both of your individual top five beers at the moment? Now, you're the... I'm not a huge beer drinker. What a question. Um, And really, I'm not really into the crafty stuff. I'm just like, if there's a... If I go into a pub, it's like, I just want... I'll have a pint of Stella. Yeah, I'll have a pint. What's on some, mate? Pint of Stella, I'll have it. Poor Leon's here, mate. I don't talk like that. I'll have a pint of Foster's, actually, if that's (laughs) knocking about. I'll have a pint of piss, please. Yeah, yeah, um, I I know that you you do like... I love uh, it. You're more of a connoisseur, shall we say, than I am. Well, I love a good beer. I... I'm going to go through a quick list. So, one of my favourites at the moment is Beaver Town Neck Oil. It's a session IPA. It's about 4.3%. It's London-based brewery. Very smooth. Pretty low alcohol. You can have a few of them. Really nice. Um, in terms of the mainstream gear, I like Hop House, the Guinness Lager. That's a nice beer. And I, I really think, honestly, Peroni's really good in the summer. Yeah. They're really like... I know it's not... Crisp, it's not like... Refreshing. Se- yeah, it's not like sexy. Like, ooh, you know, all this... Uh, micro brew stuff. But if you want to talk about that, I love that. I love Hogarden, the Belgian beer. Yeah, it's a wheat really beer. Nice. It's a nice sweet touch in the summer. Chelsea Blonde, as you know, it is another one yeah, that I love. We, we all and know about your Chelsea know about Blondes, that. Nathan. That's also a very good one. Um, there's just so much good beer out at the moment. Like, it's so refreshing from shooting back five or six years where it literally was a John Smith's, Guinness, yeah. Stella, Carling, Carlsberg, Setup and Strongbow. I mean, it is amazing now that you walk into the pub around the corner from you and you've probably got 10 beers. Well, Hop House is a good lager, isn't it? It's sort of a halfway... It's not... You know, craft beers have got that real sort of... It sounds very, um, you know, kind of not very well informed, but it's got... Craft beers have got that very crafty, hoppy taste, right? Yeah, yeah, And I'm not that keen on that. Mm. Whereas Hot House has got a bit of that, but yeah, it's, I agree. it feels a bit more it's kind halfway of... Halfway out. So. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of quite like that. Mm. Um, Actually, there was one question on Facebook from yeah. Ben. Did you see that one? Uh, I didn't see that one. What was he that? He said something along the lines of, would you rather go 3-13 and 13 and get, get a, a much uh, better pick next year or go 8-8, eight and eight, bad pick, but you're sort, of, uh, you're sort of involved. To answer that, I would say definitely eight and eight. You Absolutely. Wanna be, you want to be good. I couldn't think of anything worse than a three I just, season. I just don't like people who say that, who, you know, because we got a bit of it last season. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I hope we lose the last couple of games so we can no, get higher up. Yeah, no. And it's like, I, no, I want to see my team six try. Ga- you'd rather win an extra and five also, games. And also, if you? you're eight and eight, Dean, you're only a couple of games away exactly. from you qualification and exactly. you might be involved. You could have been eight and five right in there. We're buzzing on the podcast and you lose three games in a row. Yeah. And also, when it comes to the draft, if you're eight and eight, if you're picking what? Middle, yeah. 16, 20, 20 yeah. something like that. You trade down. Yeah. You know, there's always that option it's to go down. your fan speak options. Oh, don't tell me about my fan speak <laughs> options. Uh, there's so, there's, we'll get on to this. This is what we've got to look forward to. Uh, Dave Lapham. And Joe Goodbury in the lead up to the draft. Um, 
I need to do my own work. I'm not being humiliated by Goodbury on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not having a geezer tear me to pieces. I need to at least... No, I, I think Joe's really up for just is. digging into, you know, what, what who's out there. Well, better if he embarrasses us on this podcast. He if will he, do, because his knowledge is ridiculous. And he tells us we we're a bunch of mugs. What are we going to do? Then we've got to have serious words with him. We'll sort him out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, you can all look forward to that. But just to mention again, if uh, if you hadn't already uh, clocked it, that there is a Bengals UK meetup in April, third day of the draft on Saturday, the 28th of April at the Britain's Protection Pub. <laughs> I can't take that pub seriously. In Manchester. Well, you're going to have to because you're going to be there for, Man, I'm be for the day. a session in that gaff. Uh, 20th of April, uh, 6 o'clock till 11 o'clock. Uh, me and Nathan will be doing a podcast in front of loads of people, which is mildly terrifying. And uh, we've got a Bengals quiz going on. The draft will be on the telly. Andy Dalton's going to be there. Andy Dalton's going to be <laughs> wrestling with Jeff Driscoll <laughs> in the pants. Marvin Lewis is going to be cocktails there. cocktails in an apron. <laughs> That's right. That's Nathan's little own uh, dream that he's been having. Um, so Tyler yeah. Eifert and Paul are going to be shirtless at the back with bow ties on serving <laughs> canapes. Goodness me. <laughs> Um, I won't need a tray to put the drinks on, put it that way. Do you reckon if you stood next to Tyler Eifert's shirt, does anyone have noticed the difference? I think... They're speaking about you and Tyler Eifert. You think so? I think so. Yeah. The boyish boyish good look. Do you know there's there's something between me and Tyler Eifert? (laughs) About four foot, I would say. (laughs) Anyway, so that's uh, that's something to look forward to. But yes, uh, in the meantime, you can get in touch with us at whoday underscore UK... And, of course, Bengals UK on Twitter. There's lots of stuff coming up in the interim weeks uh, between now and the next podcast, so stay tuned. Um, But, yes, thanks very much for listening, as ever, and we'll speak to you in a few weeks' time. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.